I praise the Lord for the opportunity to gather today to worship Him, to come together with brothers and sisters in Christ and just rejoice in the Lord. Um, this morning, take your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, this morning, we're, the title of the message is Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. You know, last Sunday and um, our other times of worship been leading up to yesterday, observing the, the celebration of Jesus' birth the Savior of the world, making sure that we, like Eli prayed just a moment ago, making sure that we focus on the right thing. Yes, we do give gifts. Yes, we do have family gatherings. Yes, we, we do all the things that we are accustomed to doing around Christmas time, but it has a reason, and the reason is a person. The reason is, is the Son of God, God the Son who is the Son of God. And we celebrate Him, and sometimes the trappings get our attentions more than the Son of God gets our attention. I remember years ago, there was a, a gospel music singer who sang a song called Behold the Lamb. And, you know, it was a very moving story about a father and his young son going to Jerusalem to offer a lamb as a sacrifice. And as they got there, they were, uh, it was interrupted by someone coming out, a, a crowd coming out of Jerusalem. And, and this, in this crowd were three men carrying crosses. One of them was the Lord Jesus. And the, the story in the song says that he was, the father was one of the ones, or the one, that was uh, commissioned, if you will, made or forced to carry the cross for Jesus to Calvary. And he had given the lamb to his son and said, you, you hang on to the lamb. You watch the lamb. You keep your eyes on him. Don't let anything happen to our sacrificial lamb. And then by the time the story or the song was coming to a conclusion, the father had said to the son, the son had lost the lamb and he was crying. He says, I don't know what happened. The crowd was, uh, was too big and, and the lamb got away. And, and the father says, no. It's, that's okay. Basically what he was saying was there's a new lamb. A new lamb of God that has taken away the sins of the world. And he told his son, you watch that lamb. And in the, the story is the truth of what we need to celebrate today. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. No matter what the world throws at us, no matter what comes next, no, what, no matter what tomorrow will bring, We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus because He led the way. He shows the way so that when we follow Him, no matter what comes tomorrow, He will give us the strength to overcome it. He will give us the strength to endure it. He will bring us out of it better than we are today if we allow Him to, if we submit to Him, if we follow Him. So this morning, the admonition is from the Scriptures to behold the Lamb. Look to, understand, See the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Looking at our scripture this morning, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 19, the scripture says to us, Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? 
He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ? Or Elijah? Or the prophet? John answered them saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethbara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Then the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, this is He who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. This morning, Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Pray with me, please. Lord, you are our king. You are the purchaser of our souls, the redeemer, the savior of the world. Thank you for your accomplished work. Thank you that by faith in you, your grace covers us so that we don't have to pay the penalty for our sin. Thank you for the opportunity to follow you every day. God, what a blessing you are. I thank you that we are gathered in your name, in your house, to celebrate your son. And may our worship be pleasing to you this morning, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Behold the Lamb. So John the baptizer is out in the wilderness and he's preaching repent, repentance. He's telling everyone, hey, the kingdom of, of heaven is coming. The kingdom of God is close by. Repent and get ready for it. So as is natural, those who are part of the religious system, they sent emissaries. They sent people out to find out who John is and what he's doing and why he's doing it. Because they were entrusted with the spiritual welfare of the people. 
Now, they weren't doing a very good job, of course, but they were responsible nonetheless. So they, they go out and they start asking John this question. Who are you? And John is quick to tell them, I am not him. I'm not the one that you are looking for. I am not him. He, he said, first of all, the first thing he says, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the anointed one. I'm not the one that you think that I might be. I'm not him. Well, they, they got a little confused at that. They said, okay, well, if you're not the Messiah, are you the prophet? No. Are you Elijah? No. And they says, well, wait a minute. Who are you then? What do you say about yourself? And this is, this is interesting because John, he goes back into the Old Testament and he quotes the, the verse in Isaiah chapter 40. He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Now the Pharisees and Sadducees, all the religious leaders, they knew that this was a messianic prophecy. They knew that this was saying that someone would come before the Lord and be preparing the way for him. And John held his hand up and said, that's me. That's me. I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Get ready for the coming of the Lord because He is almost here. That day is coming. And He goes on to say, by the way, He says, He's here among you and you don't know Him. First thing they asked John was, who are you? And he says, I'm not Him. But then they says, what do you say about yourself? And John says, I am a voice. A voice. The thing about a voice is that you can't see it. But look at John now. He's a wilderness guy. All right? Dressed in camel hair, leather belt, not well kept, of course. But it didn't matter what he looked like, it only mattered what he said. Because he says, I'm the voice. I'm not the one that you're looking for. I'm the one that you should hear in preparation for the one that's coming. Prepare the way of the Lord. He goes in verse 23 when he says that, and at the end of that verse it says, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now he, he quoted scripture and then he told him where it was at. He said, Isaiah said this. And Isaiah was one of the prophets. And one of the very revered prophets. He was one of, the, one of the greatest ones. And he says, Isaiah said this about me. And I'm telling you that I'm him, the one that is preparing the way for the Lord. I'm not the Christ. But I'm telling you, he's coming. First of all, he says, I'm not him. But then... He goes on giving testimony in verse 24 through verse 28. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap... I am not worthy to loose. And these things were done in Bethbara, or 
Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptized. John says, first of all, they come to him and says, what's going on here? We've got to investigate this thing. And you're, you're causing a great stir. You're baptizing people. You're doing all these things. And great crowds are coming to hear you. Who are you? And he says, I'm not him. But then he says something else. He is coming. That was the whole point of John the Baptist. That his, his whole sole purpose was to prepare the way for the one who was to come. And he says, I'm not him. But guess what? He's coming. He's on his way. He is near. You need to get ready. John goes on and calls them a brood of vipers. He tells them, he was, you know, he was real blunt. He called a spade a spade. And, and you know, he, he would say uh, what exactly the Lord told him to say. That's what he was going to say. He told the the religious leaders, he says, who warned you about the wrath to come? Why are, you, why are you running to me, you brood of vipers? But John gave witness and he says, he is coming. Look at verse 26. He says, I baptize with water, but there stands among you One who you do not know. He says, he's here. He's among you. You think that I'm him, but I'm not, but he's here. Imagine their, imagine their surprise. Because they came out to investigate and to prove John wrong. I mean, that was their purpose. They were, they were out there to discredit him so that people wouldn't go to him anymore and listen to the word that he had, or be baptized in, in whatever he was being they were he was baptizing. But John says, no, I'm not him, but he's here. And the religious leaders were supposed to know everybody that was spiritual. But they didn't know Jesus. And John said, he is among you. And you don't know him. So let me tell you what that was like. That was like going up to a mechanic and telling him, you don't know how to work on a vehicle. That's like going up to a plumber and says, all the pipes in your house are leaking. He was saying to the religious leaders of the day, you don't know anything about what you've studied all your life. Because the one who you studied about is among you and you don't know him. Hey, let me say something right here real quick. You can come to church all your life and not know Jesus. You can, you can read the Bible through. You can do all the things that, that Christians do. You can look like, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian. You can, you can do everything Christian and still not know Jesus. You know, I know a lot of people like that. I bet you do too. Because when the rubber meets the road, you see where their faith really is. You see what they really believe. And you know, Jesus is among us. And there's a lot of people who don't know him. Jesus is here. Among us. 
And there are some who don't know Him. We profess, yes, I know Jesus. But you know the old saying, even, even the devil knows Jesus. Come on, folks. You know. You know He's here. You know He's among us. So what are we going to do with Jesus? Because something has to be done. If He is who He, he said He was, and He is, if, he, if He's going to do what He says He's going to do, and He is, then what are we going to do today about that? There's only two options. First of all, to recognize who He is and accept who He is and submit ourselves to that or reject Him and walk away from Him. Because the time for playing games is over. We've got no more time. Do you see the sign of the times? Do you see the things that are going on in the world? How the political powers are, are coming, all of the prophecies are, are being fulfilled. And did you know on the world stage not too long ago, a world leader cried for a single person to be over all the kingdoms of the world? This was in the political speech. The time is at hand. And if Jesus is among us, why do we keep saying no? If He is Lord, why aren't we obeying Him? Why aren't we following Him? John said, first of all, I'm not Him. Then he says, He is coming. Look at verse 27. It is He who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He said, first of all, He is the self-existent one. He is pre-existent before me. He came before me, but He is now coming after me. But I'm not worthy of Him. John was talking about Him being God because He said He was before me. Verse 30, He says the very same thing. He was before me. And yet He was born after me. So John is saying He was the one who has always been, always will be. He is God. And then he goes on to say, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. And the, the context there is that nobody is worthy, but he is. I'm not worthy of him because he alone is worthy. You go to the book of Revelation and you read all of those verses that are sung in heaven, a lot of those will say that Jesus, the Lamb of God, is worthy. Worthy to open the scrolls. Of the, he's worthy to, to uh, all the things, all the glory and praise of heaven. He alone is worthy. And that's what John was trying to get, in, get across to him. The one who is worthy of worship is coming. He's here. He's, I'm not him, but I'm preparing the way for him. He's here among you, but you don't know him yet. Now, he didn't say yet, but he knew Jesus would come on the scene soon, and then they would know him. He alone is worthy. Verse 29. 
The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. Of course, we know that the lambs were sacrificed, and they were sacrificed for atonement of sins. And the sin offering, the lamb, would cover the sin for a certain period of time. But it was an atonement. It wasn't a complete forgiveness, but it was something that had to be done the sacrifice had to be made to atone for the sins that had already been committed. And Jesus is our atonement. And John was talking about that. He's the, the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He didn't say a single sin. He says sin, period. All sin can be taken away in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Scripture says that there's only one sin that can't be forgiven. And that sin is the rejection of the Holy Spirit telling you that you need to be saved by Jesus Christ. God will not forgive an unrepentant rebel. Jesus is the atonement. Gave Himself for us so that we could have everlasting life in His name. He atoned for every sin that has ever been committed, but we have to confess it. We have to accept it. It's there waiting for us to receive it, but He won't force it on us. And we can't have it unless we claim it, unless we ask Him for it. And when we ask, He gives liberally. He is the atonement. Look at verse 30 with me, 30 and 31. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. John says, he's going to be revealed. God's going to show us who he is. He's coming. He's among us. He's here. God's going to reveal him. When he did, boy, did he make a splash. Did you know that he changed time? What do we, we look at time now as before Christ and in the year of our Lord. Before that, it was just, well, whatever happened that year, that was the year of that. Or they counted years by whoever was king at that time, how many years he had been king. But now the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he came and changed everything. The way we keep time is before him or in the year of him. He was revealed. And by the way, do you know he's revealed every day to us? Especially today because we, we focus on him today. We, we come to worship him today. We come to sing songs and pray and to be in his presence, to learn from his word. He reveals himself to us every day. Are we looking for him? Do we want to find him? Are we willing to behold the Lamb? God has revealed his Son to us, revealed his purpose, revealed salvation, and he wants us to accept it. 
he also gives the Spirit of God. Look in verse 32 and 33. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and He, the Spirit, remained on Him, the Lord Jesus. I did not know Him, but He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, this is He who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So God told John, When you see the Holy Spirit falling on this man, this man is my son. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He's the one they've been looking for. But not only that, it says that Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. See, some people say that if you don't, if you don't speak in the Spirit, then you're not saved. But the Scripture says that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, he gives us the Spirit. It's a gift from God. It's a down payment, a deposit, as the Scripture calls it. You see, we don't have to speak in the Spirit, but if we do speak in the Spirit, praise the Lord for that, but we don't have to for salvation because salvation depends upon Jesus, not on us, not on what we do. When we accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, he gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to show us how to behave, to how to live. He shows us what we need to do. And we have to submit ourselves to Him every day. He gives us the Spirit of God. Then John says in verse 34, 35, and 36 that He is the Son of God. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus, as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, the one that they were expecting, the one that they had been looking for, the Messiah. He is the Messiah, the Son of God, who is God's Son, the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world, the revealer of the grace of God. He is the one who gives the Holy Spirit. Behold the Lamb. I want to go back up to verse 26 as we're getting ready to close. Listen to what John said. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He says, he is the one. He stands among you, but you don't know him. So this morning, we're still celebrating Christmas. We still have our Christmas trees up. We've just, we're playing with all of our toys. We're doing away with all the Christmas wrappings and trying to eat all the leftovers. This morning, do we recognize that Jesus is among us? Have we taken the time to bow before him as the King of kings and Lord of lords? To thank him for being the sacrifice for our sins? 
this morning, the question that I want to ask you is, have you beheld the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Because today, as every day, especially today, Jesus is here. Jesus wants the world to accept him as Savior and Lord, but Jesus wants you specifically, personally. He wants you to bow before him and worship. Accept his forgiveness and reap ever, everlasting life because it's the, his gift. This morning, let me urge you to behold the Lamb. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you, thanking you for the meaning of this holiday. Thanking you for the, the grace that it represents. The King of Kings coming as a child so that his life could be sinless, his death could be atoning, his resurrection could be the hope of all those who would place their trust in him. Father, help us to behold Jesus, your son, your sacrifice, our Savior. In our invitation time, Father, please do your will. May it be done here as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.